This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend, Mr. Lee Krivat, the CEO of Krivat Energy Innovations. Hey, Lee, how are you, sir? I am great, and it's great being on your show. Thanks a lot for having me, Corey. I'm excited to have you on. You are the only person who has ever sang me a rap about myself. And I want to thank you personally for that because I absolutely loved that experience of being on your podcast. It was wonderful. Yeah, I'm going to release that podcast, I think, after this comes out. I mean, before this comes out, but yeah. on my birthday, 7 Eleven, <laughs> I'm releasing uh, the episode with you and me. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. Well, you've got an amazing background in the world of sustainability. Can you explain to the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, so I actually was not a sustainable guy. I was a normal computer science person writing code, trying to get ahead, trying to get promotions, trying to make money. (laughs) And I ended up landing in a really good job with Semper Energy, basically trying to transform their IT organization, which I had done in Silicon Valley before that for a computer company. And being in the energy industry, even though I was on the information technology side, I learned about what was really going on and how much carbon we were creating. And I saw an opportunity from that vantage point to do something about it. So initially, just focusing on improving the systems to be more efficient, but eventually realizing that using technology, we could integrate more renewables, we could integrate electric vehicles. And so I started a campaign to start a team called the Smart Grid Team, which is just oh, wow. a fancy way of saying, let's use some technology to do some good here. Yeah. I love that. And how's that going? Are you still a part of that? No, no. That was, I, I formed that team. We launched in 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. Went about five years. And then I moved to start renewable distributed energy for Sempra. So before that, they did renewable energy, but only centralized. Mm. And I started the distributed area of the company. I'd only lasted a few years before they sold, <laughs> before they sold Sempra Renewables. Yeah. So I left, actually, I went to my manager's office and said, <laughs> we're selling, you know, my passion is around renewable energy. So we came up with the plan and I ended up leaving and starting Crevat Energy Innovations so I could dedicate myself fully to the mission of sustainability and climate change mitigation instead of, you know, focusing on money some of the times <laughs> to help the company. You know, with, with, with me, I can focus on what I want to focus on. Well, it sounds like you're doing amazing things and I know your podcast has really taken off. Do you want to tell us about that uh, podcast? Sure. It's called The Climate Champions. You can find it on theclimatechampions.com. I wanted it to be climatechampions.com, but it was taken, the website. So I added the, and (laughs) I think I'm releasing releasing an episode on Monday. That's your episode. 
7 Eleven. Yeah. 7 14, <laughs> I'm releasing another episode. So it's the first time in a while that I've done two in a week. I've just been really into it recently. So it's over 100 episodes now. Wow. And. I do rap at the end of every one. <laughs> People don't know this about me, but I also am not a stand-up comedian, but I'm an Im- improv comedian. I make up skits based on audience suggestions on the fly. I also do musical improv. I don't want to take too much time talking about it. There's a musical it. one that's musical called Avenue Q with half the cast are puppets. <laughs> the puppeteers standing behind them and half the cast are people characters. It won Best Musical, I think, in 2004. It beat out Wicked, wow. which was a great musical. <laughs> Goodness. We do Amazing. an improvised, we do an improvised version of Avenue Q called Avenue PDX of Portland. <laughs> and we make up songs and, and whole play. But we did it. The play was about two hours on Saturday, our finale. And so I do improv. And I sing making up songs. So a natural extension of that, one of the types of songs you do is a rap. And I just was really good at it. I could always come up with rhymes. Usually I can keep the beat reasonably well. Uh, anyway, I, so I end my, my podcasts with a rap that I make up based on the conversation right then and there. Sometimes I mess up pretty bad. Sometimes it comes out pretty good. <laughs> Usually it's in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I was very impressed with your rendition of our episode, and I was blown away because I was not prepared for that. I, I had heard you do that on a, a LinkedIn audio event before, but so I knew you were capable of it, but I'd never heard such a good one. So well done. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully people listen till the end so they yes. can hear the rap and know what it's based on because it's not <laughs> interesting unless you've listened to the entire conversation all right good good point well you mentioned pdx and and you've had some recent life changes you moved from california up to the great northwest how, how are you settling in oh really good you could tell by the mess behind me which now <laughs> i've drawn your attention to yeah that we're not fully moved in we're renting and we're looking for a house to buy I promised my wife that we would have a better living situation here than we did in San Diego. And it was pretty good in San Diego. So we're looking for a really nice house. We look every every time one comes up on the market that looks like it might be a hit. You know, we're immediately visiting. But, but we still feel, I guess, that it was an upgrade for us. The weather in San Diego is amazing, but the traffic's pretty bad. The restaurants we like, we can't even go during the week. There's just so much traffic dinner time. <laughs> Here we can go wherever we want, whenever we want. The weather, people warned us about all the rain, but frankly, we put on a little coat and a hat and we go for our walks and hikes. The hikes here are fantastic and beautiful. It's fantastic nature. The people that we've met are awesome. I have my improv comedy in Portland, which is only 30 minutes away. We're already working with two different clubs, doing great shows at the Funhouse Lounge, which okay. is incredible, where I did the Avenue PDX and comedy sports where I'm just starting to get involved with them. I just visited them yesterday for the first time. So doing a lot of improv. My wife does stand-up comedy, so she's oh, wow. just starting to get into that. Yeah, <laughs> so we're having a good time. Well, that's amazing. I've heard of comedy sports, but never the Funhouse Lounge. That sounds interesting. I'd love to see you guys perform one of these days. Yeah, I'll let you know when I'm doing a show. We just finished a run. We're starting a new one. We're starting a show called A Comedy of Terrors. 
<laughs> it's going to be all in Shakespeare, an hour and a half, two hours of a Shakespeare that we're going to make up on the fly. But I think the audience is going to suggest a movie monster or some kind of monster. <laughs> so somehow that's why it's called the comedy of terrors. And we have to do Shakespeare, but Shakespeare, but work in, I don't know, a vampire, a werewolf, whatever the audience tells us to work in. That's amazing. And I, the fact that you can do that on the fly just blows me away. Well done. Well, so, thank you. So Hopefully funny. I can answer these questions on the fly pretty well. <laughs> yes. No, you're doing great so far. So I did want to get back to a little bit of, of your work here. I, I had a question written down. And I think it's important. Why is clean energy so critical for our future? Well, it actually is important for a number of ways. First of all, it alone, energy generates a tremendous amount of carbon and other greenhouse gases. You know, a lot of people say that natural gas is clean and it burns pretty clean, not clean enough given what we're going through. But then there's a lot of leaks, some utilities. Yeah. I know the utility that I was with, SD, San Diego Gas and Electric, and also with SoCal Gas is owned by Sempra. They try to keep the pipes from having that many leaks because the methane that escapes is 50 times, well, people debate it, but 20 to 100 times worse than carbon dioxide. So those leaks make natural gas not so good. I know right. once Southern California Gas had a leak from its gas storage facilities that it took months to solve just tons and tons of natural gas escaping. So this is really bad stuff. So first of all, that's one reason why the energy industry needs to move to clean energy. And most utilities are looking at it or doing it. Many have even committed to doing it. My problem is they've committed to doing it by like 2045 or 2050. Yep. And by then we'll be seeing so many climate related weather events that are so bad for the world. I just think that's not soon enough and they can and should go a lot faster. But the secondary reason that attacking energy with clean energy is so important is because another huge source of greenhouse gas emissions are vehicles, transportation, the transportation industry. And we can go, and I think Tesla has shown, we can go electric. So if you make the electric industry renewable energy, you're not only solving energy production, but you're also solving for vehicles, for transportation, because as they go electric, as long as electric is clean, then transportation becomes clean. And electrification can go way beyond transportation. It could even go like in the morning, you wake up and you smell that smell sometimes. If you have landscapers in your neighborhood and they're yep. using gas-powered blowers and other gas-powered tools, you go to electric and you avoid that smell, number one, but also all the carbon emissions that are associated with that. So you just get so much if you can have your energy system cleaner. Yeah. No, it, it totally makes sense to me. And and you're right. There are massive improvements in electric cars and electric vehicles, I should say, with like the F-150 Lightning. And they literally won't even take orders for them. They were so popular. <laughs> I was looking at buying one and every dealer I called said, maybe next year if you're lucky. So I think it's an interesting dichotomy that we've 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 shifted so far, people want it so bad that now we can't buy them. Uh, Especially with gas prices, I and mean, that's just another benefit. But right. for people that haven't driven an electric vehicle, because we've been, my wife and I have been driving electric vehicles for over a decade now, 
it's incredible. It's not just about being clean, which is awesome. It also lets us be independent with our energy. We don't have to import gas, right? We can make our own energy through solar so easily. So I, I like to call it red, white, and blue, and green too. So it's patriotic, <laughs> but it's money saving. It's also green for the environment. There are so many benefits. And the cars drive so smooth and so fast. It's just fantastic. I heard, I saw some really neat things on LinkedIn about Hyundai and making some new electric vehicles and Honda, I believe. And it's all the brands seem to be jumping on board, which is great. Well, if they want to compete, they pretty much have to. I think even Shell, I know Shell and other oil and gas companies have said they expect the internal combustion engine vehicle, ICE, as it's called in the industry, <laughs> to be pretty much done by 2050, certainly from a passenger car perspective and probably trucking as well. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, yeah. I wanted to say another thing with, with renewable energy. Yeah. In sustainable packaging, yeah. you make those packages, you use electricity, you use a yeah. lot of electricity to make packaging. And if that's right. renewable energy, then packaging becomes so much more soft on the planet than it is right now, just because of the energy mix it uses. Now, I totally agree. And I know, for example, my company, Landsberg Aurora, is making huge advancements on sustainability initiatives and going to renewable energy. I want to talk to you about when you say clean energy, can you can you walk us through that? What are what are the 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 suspects. We got solar, <laughs> wind. What what else? What what else do you recommend? Well, look, I don't want to create any controversy. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to do. But I, I yeah. say all arrows in the quiver. Okay. I don't think we can be selective and say hey, it's only solar or it's right. even only wind. I know a lot of people have a problem with nuclear energy. But so many advancements have been made in nuclear energy. I'm not saying that's the way to go. I'm saying we shouldn't write it off because it could be the, the thing that saves us. We're trying yeah. to save the planet. And they have small nuclear reactors called SMR, small modular reactors, that they can run a town or a small city. Amazing. And they don't use weaponizable material anymore. They're also buried <laughs> underground, so there are no accidents to happen. So it's a totally different game. And a number of companies have made huge advances in that. So I think, I guess what I'm saying is, let's open our minds to, to any way we can to have a cleaner energy grid, because it's going to save the planet, or yeah. at least save life on the planet, which is really our concern, or I think right. it should be. So I'm a fan really of anything that will make a difference, I think we should be taking a strong look at. Yeah, well said. Well, one thing, right. about, you know, one thing about solar and wind, for example, they do take energy to build them, mining, yep. but that can all be done in a more clean way too over time. So I do think we're going to get there. People will complain about electric vehicles saying, hey, they take batteries and there are a lot of problems with those and the energy mix it is, it's, in some places, is has a lot of coal, which has a lot of pollutants in it. But we're getting cleaner and cleaner all the time. So I think I think we're making we're not making fast enough progress for me, but we do have a lot of the technology in place that we could solve this. It seems like the name of the game is incremental improvements, 
and all all aspects of improvements you know like you said using less coal using more solar using more wind using more electric vehicles i'm i'm excited to see the the future where trucks on the road are electric i, I think that's going to be amazing imagine how quiet that's going to be it'll be bizarre <laughs> you know yeah. like just kind of kind of a hum rather than a uh, you know, like uh, it's going to be a different world. It's exciting to think about. Yeah. And since you asked about or all the arrows in the quiver, like what, yeah. what, 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 who are all the suspects? Yeah. I'll also throw one in for hydrogen. Yeah. Uh, sometimes when I talk to utilities, they say that once a trucking site says, hey, we need electricity here, the utility needs two years to get electricity there. And for me, that's just too long. And I think for, for the trucking industry, it's too long. And so I think another option they have <clears throat> is to take solar, to build it where there's a lot of sun, create hydrogen, and then ship that hydrogen to where it's needed for the industry. Because hydrogen trucks through fuel cells are another way to go that totally can work. So I think we might have some competition out there for the trucking industry. And that's what we need, I think, because this is just it's too expensive as it is today. You know, yeah. a gallon of diesel fuel is, is oh, thought to goodness, be yes. too much money for these. I think about the owner operator truck drivers and they've got a finite amount of money that they can make because they get paid by the mile just, and they go home to their family and say, well, diesel's six bucks a gallon, you know I mean? So there's a lot to be considered there. Yeah. Hopefully we can get the price down on hydrogen, make it competitive and, and then go beyond that and make it the, the winner hydrogen and electricity. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my brother is a, a engineer and in college, he worked on a hydrogen fuel cell locomotive at the university of Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one of his senior projects. And I thought that's crazy, but this is 25 years ago yeah. and they were way ahead of their thinking and now it seems like that's coming to fruition. Yeah, you've th this tremendous progress on fuel cells. They're still not, still not an everyday term that everybody <laughs> knows or takes advantage of the technology. But trucks are moving that direction. Buses are moving that direction, both electric and fuel cell. So we're going to see a lot of change in the transportation industry this next decade. I mean, Tesla did amazing things because yeah. they really changed people's minds about electric vehicles. But now I do think there's going to be incredible competition in the next decade. We're going to see every major manufacturer of vehicles coming out with trucks, passenger vehicles, even you're going to see airplanes that are electric. <laughs> That's exciting. I've, yeah. I've heard of just little whispers about electric airplanes. And to me, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I should do an episode on it. I think I will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like Honda had one that was in production, a small one. I don't know, but I know there are so many startups. A buddy of mine sold one of his startups, made a lot of money, and then he went into electric airplanes, which he's okay. doing right now. So perfect. it's coming. It's all coming. Yeah. Hopefully in time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, the, that's the secret to all of this, that yeah. we, we, we get working on this quickly. Hey, I wanted well, to tell you something. Since our episode, <laughs> I've been so focused on recycling, especially yeah. my big cardboard boxes. I talk about it on our interview. I added at the end, but since since our podcast, my wife and I, since we moved, we bought all these big things. We bought mattresses and beds and desks, all have yeah. huge boxes. 
And it's very hard. It would take me probably six months to use my bin <laughs> to recycle it all. So I took it back to Costco, the empty boxes where we bought most of the items. And oh. they were pushing back a little bit. Like, we don't really take back boxes. I said, yeah. do you recycle them? They said, yes. And I said, then just put them where you put yours. You know, I loaded them <laughs> in the back. I broke them down, put them in the back of the car. Anyway, they, they did. They took them. So I was pretty excited. Yeah, Sco is amazing, and I think that's the future of of recycling. In my opinion, the the retail stores will have a, a larger place in that because they've got the system all set up. You know, they're recycling a stretch film. As Costco is a huge recycler, they send it all back to Trex Decking to make new construction materials out of this plastic material. It's ama- It's a beautiful system if we can do it right. Yeah, so you were I, saying on my show. Yeah. <laughs> You're hoping Amazon goes there. Yeah. You know, you know, Amazon, we do reply on. It'd be nice <laughs> if they recycled. Hey, Amazon. I think that was one of my lines. <laughs> yeah. Right. I it, it makes sense, right? So and we gotta got to get all this cardboard gone. <laughs> That's right. Well, do you want do you want to do another wrap for, no. for this episode? <laughs> no, I just did. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate you, Lee, and I am thankful for our friendship and our the, the work that you're doing here in the sustainability world is great. So keep it up. Well, thanks, but right back at you, man. I love <laughs> what you're doing. And hopefully more and more people will join the fight because we need everybody. Yeah, and it really is a fight. It's an army of sustainable people working hard to influence the world and uh, make improvements one step at a time in lots of different directions. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, sir. How do people get in touch with you if they want to help out with Crevat Energy Innovations? Yeah, my, my email is lee at crevatenergyinnovations.com. That's a plural on innovations. My website is crevatenergyinnovations.com. So it's pretty easy. You can go to the Climate Champions and there's a link there as well. So a lot of ways to find. Well, they also, if you type in my name on the internet, you'll get all those things pop up. So I'll put all of this stuff in the show notes so people can just click on that for you. Yeah, thanks a lot. And yeah, I really appreciate you, Lee. And thank you, Landsberg Aurora, for sponsoring this podcast. We appreciate you. If you're listening, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and give us a review. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Specrite the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specwrite.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.